Hi again, everyone. This is Tim along with Anthony, and this is episode 49 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Got a full action pack stuff to talk about, and I'm sure there's going to be many things we actually leave off this podcast just because we want to keep this kind of condensed. Uh, Matt Emsch is going to join us at the end of the podcast, so you want to stay tuned for that as uh, we have an uh, announcement we can make now. Obviously, if you got our download for the scoreboard show, you already figured it out. We are back. We put the team back together to do high school football this year, and we are on AM 1570 out of Warren. And the games began last Friday and Saturday. And this Friday, we have JFK one more time. And we'll be following JFK this year and probably going to try to squeeze in some Ursuline games along the way, too. So uh, we're going to have a, f- a few other teams uh, planned to, re- to uh, broadcast this year, too. But primarily a JFK schedule. And primarily, maybe Ursuline uh, with thrown in some Trumbull County schools and some Mahoney County schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I do know we have like a Poland Lakeview game on for a, for the schedule and others. So we'll get more into that later. But as I mentioned early on this podcast that I said, it looks like this year we're shut out. Very last moment type scenario came about. Did not expect it. Obviously, we said yes. And uh, we are doing the games. Check out the podcast of the scoreboard show. You'll hear highlights of two games there, plus all the scores around the Valley in Western Pennsylvania. And I hope you enjoyed our preview on episode 48 of the high school football. Matter of fact, let me say this. I made that preview before I knew it was doing these games. Or actually, I would have had Matt and I on during mm-hmm. that preview. So that tells you everything you need to know. But it has been a crazy packed month or actually week here in uh, for radio mvp and everyone involved and i'm going to shut up for a moment and say hello to our good friend our my partner here on radio mvp anthony what's going on my friend boy it is uh funny how things can change isn't it it's like they say about the weather boy but that's about the summary of our broadcast it's phenomenal to be back on the air um it's a joy to spend friday night with you and matt doing uh, the games again, and we've been treated to two all-time classics and just four or three really good football teams um, who were fun to watch, coach were fun to interact with. Um, couldn't, can't say enough, and I know Matt uh, shares the sentiment it's also, can't say enough about the hospitality shown at Mineral Ridge and um, Warren JFK Saturday night. Just um, phenomenal. The crowds were great. It was just great to get the band back there, like you said, and watch some football. It's uh, it's a start, and we got 14 more weeks to go, hopefully. So. Oh, it would be great. Look, uh, I love saying that uh, about high school football this time of the year. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we have a great schedule coming up, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And hopefully everything works out, and we continue to bring you some of the best high school football coverage here in the Valley. Another news I want to pass mm-hmm. on, a very important news, is you can find the scoreboard show on Warren Western Reserve Radio, the digital radio station Jim Craven has uh, that you hear as a minor league football on and other great podcasts and shows. Uh, Jim and I we were talking during our interview during his past uh, week when we did the preview, and I told him about it, and I sent him a copy, and he uh, has it scheduled now Monday, Wednesdays, and, no, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays, Wednesday. uh, 7.30 a.m., 
noon, and 3.30 p.m. So a lot of opportunities to catch it if you don't download it. But do us a favor, download it. Mm -hmm. And if you get it through iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. You know that old saying. And uh, really could use some... uh, some reviews and ratings if you can give us some help there as we continue to grow radio mvp we're getting great response to the last few weeks mm-hmm. i mean we've been getting numbers Absolutely that we have phenomenal. never yeah double triple our numbers that we normally get so those who have found us recently thank you and we continue to uh, move forward with radio mvp and uh, growing in a lot of different directions so check us out on the internet at radio where all our shows are available and, and just about anywhere you download podcasts, you're going to find Radio MVP. If not, give us a call or give us a uh, a email. You can mm-hmm. email me at tim at radiomvp.com. And as simple as that. And let us know what's going on, and we'll try to, do, to uh, make it work. Simple as that as we continue here on Radio MVP. The Indians are in the must of uh, the stretch drive, I guess we can the call dog it. dog days of summer, aren't they? Yeah, they are. The dog days of summer. The Cavaliers, well, you know, the Cavaliers, we'll talk about them another day. Don't have to talk about them in <laughs> August. The the Browns, well, the Browns have been pretty interesting. And uh, I know you want to talk a little about the Broncos, but more importantly, we got to talk about the Yankee State Penguins. Yes. And they begin Saturday. Ohio State begins Saturday. Yes, we, need, we, we really haven't talked at all about the Myers situation. We will talk a little bit about that. I think most people know what has happened, and I don't want to rehash kind of old news. No, it's time and, to move on. Put water yeah. on the bridge. And let's get going. You know, and it's not that I don't care about the issue. I do, and I'll I'll say this. And if you read any of my Facebook posts, it basically said everything you needed to know. I said I wanted to wait for the report to come out. However, before the report came out, I mentioned this. I did not want to see the university do exactly what they did. Take a middle ground. And the middle ground to me is trying to cover your ass. And that never works in sports. And it definitely doesn't work in administrations. Uh, And Myers getting suspended for three games and Gene Smith uh, losing pay for 17 days is a joke. It's a joke. This story is not going to go away from that. What my opinion was simple is Ohio State needed to exonerate one, both, or get rid of one or both. Mm-hmm. And they didn't either. Myers is is Urban Myers. We knew, as Ohio State fans, we know how good of a coach he is. And we know that some of the people he has known over the years have had some character flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is what it is. I think the report tells you everything you need to know. Myers missing three games is not going to hurt the Buckeyes. It's a black eye on the program, but you move on. Uh, Gene Smith, I don't know how he continues to hold on to his job. I do understand it's a multi-billion dollar industry. It's a multi-million dollar industry, and that's why he has his job. As Mm -hmm. simple as that. Uh, I think it's ridiculous to find him 17 days of pay. If anything, that's the person who needed to pay the price in my mind. Uh, I think splitting the difference between these two was just a joke. And you just can't do that in sports. They tried that years ago with Jim Trestle, and it didn't work. Nope. Uh, he was going to get suspended, I believe, for two games. Two originally. games, and then Trestle said he'll take six, hey, like the players. Right, and yeah, then, and then and he was going to take a fine. And the next thing you know, uh, three, four months down the road, what, Memorial they, Day, yep. yeah, and they yep. let him go. And it was simple as that. So I'm not necessarily expecting that, but in the end, you know, the person who – 
I honestly believe maybe at the end of the year, maybe it's you know beginning of the new year uh, in 2019, but uh, it's time for Gene Smith to move on. He's had his run at Ohio State as athletic director. There's others who can do the job just mm-hmm. as well. There's been many before him. There'll be many after him. But if there's one thing I would do if I was the Buckeyes, and, I, and of course they're not going to listen to me, but that's the person who... Uh, if you need to make a sacrificial lamb out of someone, someone needs to take the fall, mm-hmm. it has to be Smith. I mean, you made your choice to keep him Myers. And, you know, as a PR thing, boy, that was a bad news conference. I, it, it was just bad. They did everything they could wrong. An absolute. Tr- for people hoping, and I think we all were hoping, for, to finally, like you said, this will never go away because of the grave nature that it is. And we may never know all the details. Um, but for as fans of the program, um, as diehard college football fans like you and I are, um, people who are in the media, so to speak, doing our podcasts and you know doing the high school games, we all wanted to see a, a two-and-a-half-week culmination of thorough findings and someone holding accountability and this and Maryland are going on at the same time they differ in the aspects of what they're going through but Maryland's news conference came out immediately that we were holding ourselves accountable and responsible and they let someone go immediately and listen the whole handling of this was an absolute train wreck. You spend almost 13 hours, because Tim, I think you and I talked about hour eight or nine of that whole executive session, and we were going to try to record, but my Wi-Fi didn't permit it. And they were still meeting. And you meet for 13 hours, and those two statements were, uh, were deplorable, appalling they showed no emotion for someone who wanted a resolution you want someone to speak from the heart and and to be sincere and listen do i think Urban Meyer is sincere about respecting women yes i do because he has a wife he has two daughters and he has grandkids so for people to say well he doesn't care about women that's ridiculous but i would have liked to seen him take a more heartfelt approach to that, uh, the whole statement released at the next day or two days later to Courtney Smith, that was just an even bigger PR blunder. Um, with all the findings conclusive, and after reading the report and reading the text message and the notes, I believe Irv Meyer should have been reinstated immediately. It was a terrible uh, handling of it. Should he have gone about it differently? Yes, but no charges were filed. He alerted his boss, who who himself stood at the podium and said, I failed to notify compliance. So, Urban Meyer trusted Gene Smith to alert the proper authorities, and Gene Smith failed to do so. You need to be held accountable for failing to do that. Um, I completely agree with what you said. The suspension is just an even bigger PR failure it makes Ohio State look even worse, especially with all the turmoil, turmoil swirling around that program. Um, it just 
it amazes me how Gene Smith can keep a job because really, a 17-day suspension without pay to that guy is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And it's a joke how maybe I'm going to come across as a Jim Trussell homer, which I will say I am. And everybody knows me that knows I am. But he botched that situation. He botched this one. And now Ohio State goes to Oregon State with just a big mess on their hands and I don't think is resolved. Well, I think Ohio State made a lot of mistakes and they they're not everyone involved made mistakes. Mm -hmm. Smith made mistakes, Myers made mistakes, uh Gene Smith made mistakes. And I mean Zach Smith made mistakes when I said Smith the first time. I mean this is what it's about. You know, how he handled himself. The connection between Myers and, you know, Smith and the families, I understand. And, look, Myers made a lot of mistakes. And was he covering for himself? Obviously. You have to. Mm -hmm. I will say this. This is where I thought Ohio State really dropped the ball. As you mentioned, it was like 13-hour executive meetings, mm -hmm. and you had Gene Smith and his wife there. You had Myers and his wife. wife there. They were in and out. The whole thing went on and on and on. When that was over, they should have just made an announcement that we'll have a press conference at 8 o'clock the next morning to review, to answer questions, and give you our findings. They To do it all one day was a huge and utter disaster, and that was you know, and someone with... Uh, should have been able to figure that one out. And I think that was, you know, the university making a huge mistake. Uh, if that's President Drake, if that's the executive committee, whoever it may have been, uh, that to me was where it all began and then going downhill. It's over in a sense of what has been released, what findings they found, mm -hmm. what decisions they made. I've honestly thought that it was going to be one of the two things. Either he would be exonerating me, Myers, mm -hmm. or he'd be fired. And honestly, I could have lived with either one. Yep. I just don't like middle grounds. I think they're you're asking for more criticism and higher levels of questions that go on and on and on. And that's never going to end. This question is going to be there forever yep. about this. And sooner or later, you have to make decisions. And they're not popular. No decision when you're talking about someone' uh, livelihood and reputation and what they mean to a program and what they mean to a university and what they mean to an athletic uh, uh, department's bottom line. It's huge. Mm -hmm. And football's huge at Ohio State. Ohio State Athletics, Texas Athletics. Those are two biggest universities yep. out there with alumni and the money. money and, and the look. They're just huge. They are absolutely, you know, mammoth corporations disguised as as uh, universities mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. athletic departments because they're not. But that's sports in general. When you talk about any of the major sports, the top, you know, six divisions in, in Division yep. One, you're talking or conferences, you, you know, and you're just there's no way around it. That's what they are. They are a feeder system to the pros. Mm -hmm. They are huge money makers to the universities and the athletic departments. Uh, they all have their own networks now. 
you know, not just the Big Ten, but the Big, you know, the yep. the ACC has theirs. Big Twelve, the, exactly. SEC has the Big Twelve. They all have yep. their own television networks now, and it's just a huge, huge business. These kids, and they're not kids; these young men and women who play college sports, well, they're gonna they're gonna take a full and utter advantage of them. Yep, and. Some of the people that they put around them are questionable because of the dollar signs. And that's, that works every university. And there's not one university at the Division One level. I don't care if it's a Mac school. I don't care if it's a Youngstown State side school or if it's Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Notre Dame, you name it. There's that chance of some unethical person involved. And that's just the way it works because of the huge huge money that's involved in college sports say collegiate sports is just it's it's an entity onto itself and there's some things you know we're never going to get to the bottom of and hopefully those involved learned a huge lesson hopefully those involved move on and have an, a chance to succeed look everybody wants to talk about what happens on the field it's a hell of a lot more fun i don't like talking about all these issues that that come about but the idea of covering up for someone, scrubbing your phone to make sure no one finds anything. You know, these things should not happen. This is not what sports is about. Hopefully, it's over. I have my doubts. I've mentioned that, and we'll see. We'll see where it leads here in the next six months, and we'll know more when this season ends. If uh, Myers is going to be at Ohio State for the next 10 years, or if Myers is tenure at Ohio State is going to come to a mm-hmm. quicker end than most people anticipate. And that's just the way I see it. If that's on his own accord, or if that's the universities, or if he's forced out, I don't know. We'll wait and see. I'm open to that possibility. And honestly, I think, you know, there are coaches out there who would love to take a chance at the NFL. And I'm not sure Myers would not if under the right circumstances. I don't know what team it would be. I'm not predicting anything. It's just it could happen. And it has happened in the past. It will happen again in the future. Some Somebody will reach out and say, this is our guy. This is the one we want to build around, even though they have no NFL experience. experience. Yep. And it's, it's been done many times. Enough of that. Let's talk uh, so much going on. Uh, I want to get into... A little bit of the Indians right mm-hmm. now. Yep. If you don't mind. I know that's some um, I know we want to talk against no, South State yeah, Penguins. Yeah. But the Indians I'm not you know how can I say this? I'm not I've never been concerned all year. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah, yeah. I have always yeah, said been one of the, I, well, it's just they're just too talented of yep. a team. I'm really curious to see what happens in the next forty eight hours. If they can make a move either for a pitcher or a batter or a hitter or an outfielder type thing in the next 48 hours before the deadline. Uh, I'm not sure they will. It'll be interesting to say there's a lot of great names out there. Mm-hmm. I, and I was talking earlier this week. Everyone was talking about McCutcheon, which is legit. I understand yeah. the need. And I would absolutely welcome Andrew McCutcheon for the stretch run. Uh, Logan Foresight, though, to me, sounds even better. Really? Yes. I mean... Compared to my guy Kipnis at second base, I'll take anything. Well, it's not even the second base. You, you can, put him at third. No, not. I just use him all over the place. As you, yeah, I would use him exactly. I put him in the outfield, a DH, give guys days off, play him. Uh, you could play him anywhere. 
you know, Kipnis is Kipnis. We know what we got with him, and he's not going anywhere. He's here for next year, too. I mean, Brian made your yeah. offseason trade. It is what it is, people. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I just let, I want someone who can do everything. Like yeah, team. who can actually make an impact on this team. Mm-hmm. And you look what he's done with the Twins since he got traded there. It's he inter- us one game. Well, he's he's batting like 300, and I think he has nine RBIs in 25 games, something like that. It's just it's really impressive. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's just he he makes me wonder. Now there's thoughts that the Indians may go after both, which I think would be crazy. But I think it'd be crazy too. Uh, I'm not sure that's the correct move. Uh, you basically, you know what the Indians could do, and this is something that they can really think about. If they ended up with, for example, uh, Logan Forsythe, mm-hmm. really it comes down to him or Gonzalez on the postseason roster. And would you go with the veteran? And I think I'd I would. Go, I'd go with the veteran, yep. yeah. And I think you would. I mean, and that's what to. he would be. He would be that guy who you would use, you know, at first base, third base, second base, yeah, when and you in the outfield. For Encarnacion or Alonzo, yeah. Right. Now, and, 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 and I like Gonzalez. He's done a terrific job all year long, and I don't want to take anything away what he means to the team and what he's achieved because he's done tr- a terrific job in the utility role this year. And early in the season, he was just on fire. Yep. As the season's gone longer, he hasn't got as many at plate appearances as he did early, which normally happens in baseball. Yep. And just the idea of a veteran in that spot intrigues me. And a guy who has postseason experience, uh, a deep run in the postseason experience. Now, if you look at someone like McCutcheon, I like McCutcheon. I mean, he can play all I three outfield. Uh, you definitely would like him in center or left, but you have a left fielder. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're, you're not. not you're not taking. Yeah, you're yeah, not going to be like. You, oh well, Brantley's replaced yeah. in the seventh inning. No, yeah, no, no, sorry, Brantley's not going anywhere. So, uh, however, right field is kind of open, open um, territory. But Mel, give give credit Melky's to played Melky's played great. Melky has been great. I've been saying that all year long since they signed him. I thought that was a great signing and an opportunity. I mean, he has a track record, and we're seeing that lately in the last. Three, four weeks, I think we've seen some great plays from yep. Melky, Melky Cambrera, and I think it's going to continue. I really do. I think if there's one guy who has helped spark that bottom third of the lineup, it's been Cambrera, and we'll see what the others do. But those are the ones who, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm concerned about the starting pitchers because, you know, you have two of them injured, and yep. uh, that's, you know, always a concern. and. Obviously, Bauer, your number two pitcher this year, you know, is going to miss up to a month, maybe six weeks. I heard he was thrown off the mound today, so that's encouraging. Yeah, he said that there's no, not a lot of pain. Um, and Tito said maybe a couple of times before the season ends. So that's a lot better news than uh, when we saw him go down and um, what they first released with the six to eight weeks. It, if I were a betting man, I'd say we see Trevor Bauer. He may not be 100% Trevor Bauer, but 75% Trevor Bauer could be a lot better than, oh, yeah. you know. Well, let's let's put it this way. Uh, Plucko has done a nice job up and down all season long. He's done long. very well, especially last but couple of times. But do you want Plucko or do you want Bauer pitching? I'll take in Bauer. A, right yeah, now, yeah, I'll take Bauer. Yeah. I and mean, that's just the way it works. I'll even say this. It won't shock me. In September, especially if the Indians continue with a 10-plus mm-hmm. game lead, yep. 
that Josh Tomlin gets another start or two. I think that'll happen. To, it makes sense. To it makes absolutely yep. sense because, again, I like Placco, but he's a rookie. Yep. And you have someone who's actually pitched in meaningful games in the World Series, in the playoffs, and, and Josh Tomlin. And he hasn't pitched a lot since he's been reactivated, but he hasn't pitched bad. So we'll see. I, you know, the pitching staff, the bullpen, obviously everyone wants to talk about Allen and his up and down uh, performances. And it's a concern. I mean, right now, getting Allen and getting Miller back to the levels that they can be is important. And Hopefully. I think Miller will get there, but Miller's is kind of like spring training. They just want to they want to make sure he's ready to run and uh, come end of September, not September first, yep. and that's the key. I think you're going to see him get ramped up here in the next uh, two weeks, where they use him a little back bit more days, often. Yep. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe back to back days, maybe maybe extra, you know, three, four, uh, five or six mm-hmm. batters versus just three, three batters. Yep. I don't know what their plans are, but that's just my gut, and we'll see. But I like where the Indians are. I've said it before. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because they – I'm not sure how the playoffs work. I'll be honest. I have to, I have to look at the rules, okay. um, and I'm not – maybe you know them. The wild card game yes. is, you know, obviously going to – most likely going to be the Yankees versus someone from the West. Yankees against – right now it would be Oakland. Correct. Let's just assume those are the two teams. Okay. And if New York wins the, the wild card game, yes. because of the wild card team, they face the number one team no matter what? Yes. Or would they not face the the – Red Sox because they're in the same division. No, they would face Boston in the ALDS a couple years. In 2013, it happened also. Uh, when Tampa Bay beat us, they went to go play Boston in the ALDS. Okay. I thought so, that was that. A few years ago was the opposite. That was probably before they went to the one game. Angry. Went to the one game playoff. Yeah. yeah it and started in what, 14, yep. I think. Yeah. It was the first year the one game playoff was a 14, I believe. That was when Tampa yep. beat Cleveland. Yeah. It doesn't matter right. a division or anything. Yeah. So that would be great. Uh, you know, obviously that means you're going to get Houston, which is not great. But no. you but know you what? Say, no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. You got to play. Every, I, 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 like I say, no matter what. give me an opportunity and I'll take it. And when you get to October baseball, just give me an opportunity and I'll take it. Because one game can change an entire series. Yep. And it does. One performance, one at bat. You know, you see all the documentaries and all the great TV shows that come out right now. And, they, you know, Kirk Gibson's home run in the mm-hmm. World Series. That one at bat changed that entire series. Now, granted, you had Earl Hershiser uh, yeah. pitching for yep. the uh, Dodgers in their in their in his prime and his greatest year in life, and uh, you know in baseball. So, but yeah, real off the hook here. Uh, I don't understand how Hershiser's not in the Hall of Fame. I honestly don't understand it. You know, I can't really say like you because I was only. Yeah, I was only younger. a young kid when he came to pitch for us, but I know I really liked him when he when he suited up for us. Well, we we'll put it this I way: I haven't taken a look at his career. Let's numbers. put it this way: he was phenomenal in that World Series. He had a scoreless streak during the season; it was like over fifty-five innings. I mean, it was phenomenal, and he was really just untouchable, the bulldog, you know. Mm-hmm. And yep. when he came to Cleveland, it was towards the end of his career. However, it rejuvenated his career too. Yep. And ninety five like Verlander and ninety five in the World Series ninety five in the playoffs he really became the number one pitcher I know they had Martinez but Martinez 
Uh, they were like one and one A that mm-hmm. year. Two veterans just duking it out for the Indians in '95, and in the World Series, Matt and I look at that game. Game five in Cleveland was one of the most amazing pitching performances of any pitcher's career. He outdueled Greg Maddox, mm-hmm. you know, in yep. the World Series. Was that and the gentleman walk off? No, that was game three. Well, yeah, he had a he had a yeah. home run in the game. It wasn't yeah. a walk off, but he had a home run in the game. Home run to put him, yeah, yeah. He put him put the game out yep. of reach, but at the time, uh, it was just it was a pitching duel for most like six innings, mm-hmm. and I think he went eight innings that day. It was phenomenal pitching performance. My my favorite game to rewatch of all the games in Indians history of uh, World Series and playoffs, that one, and of course uh, Kenny Lofton scoring from second base. Uh, when, against Seattle, against Seattle, Johnson, against yep. against uh, Randy Johnson, yep. and that was Dennis Martinez yep. out dueling another Hall of yep. Famer. And both of those, in my opinion, I know they pitched at the end of the year, end of their careers for the Indians are Hall of Famers. If everyone talks about Kurt Schilling being a Hall of Famer, then Earl Hershiser and Dennis Martinez are Hall of Famers. And if they can't get in, then I. Just don't know baseball anymore. I, I, I just don't know baseball. I, I, I don't get it. I know everyone goes with this war and everything else and wins above replacement war. I, I'm so I, sick of those. You know what? It, it, they have there's a spot they, in the game for them. Well, no, there there's there's a legitimacy to it. I don't necessarily subscribe to a hundred percent accuracy of it. I do believe it does show a value of a player and it shows beyond normal stats of a batting mm-hmm. average or ERA or strikeouts and stuff like that. Um, and it's interesting combination how they figure that out. I'm not a cyber medics type guy, but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Uh, cyber matrix is, is a whole new story in baseball and sports and it was legitimate. It's to me, it's GTO sports. It's game ultimate theory, mm-hmm. and uh, you just never know. You know, game theory is just that, and you're seeing more and more of that creep into all yep. sports. Yes, you and, are. You know, it's more than just situational and gut feelings, and you don't have that as much. But they still play a big part of sports, and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it. That makes what we do why we do it because mm-hmm. we can sit here and have a conversation about it. But the Indians, I look at it this way: continue to play good ball. I'm concerned about Allen. However, I'm not because I have Han as a legitimate closer. Yep. And it may in the next 10 days where they say, all right, okay, we're right, going to switch yeah. rules and we're going to make Han our closer going into October simply because he's handled the job uh, better than the others. Yeah. And I, and I know, and myself included, and I know we had dinner Friday night um, and watched the um, – back-to-back home runs given up and listen I and I know I complain a lot about Cody Allen being the closer right now why is he pitched the ninth thing and I get a lot of text and why is he doing this what is what is Tito doing listen trust a guy just trust him I know he I know sometimes it drives us up a wall and drives us crazy but I firmly believe like you said in the next week to 10 days, maybe two weeks, if this is still going on where Cody's struggling the ninth inning, I think he will be, I think it'll be Brad Hand the ninth and Cody on the eighth. 
because as much as people want to say, oh, Cody Allen, what is he doing right now? And, you know, oh, my God, he's absolutely awful. When he's pitched his 7th and 8th innings the past month since we got Brad Hand, he's been lights out. Yeah, yeah. And yes. there's been games where the game has been won, basically, because Cody Allen has pitched lights out. It, listen, it's baseball is a 162-game just Grind. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. It's and a grind. Right exactly. Now, every team in baseball, if you're in last place or first place, you're just at this stage where you're a little tired, your body's banged up, you're mentally tired. And I think we saw that last week with Lindo and Ramirez being, you know, tired. They've carried the top of the lineup and basically lineup the whole year. And now the bottom of the lineup is starting to get a little groove going, they're starting to get their flow. I'm not worried about Jose and Frankie. I'd rather have them get that out now than like we saw last year in October. Maybe it's the same thing for Cody Allen. Maybe it's just right now it's a it's a rough Dog days of August. Yeah. yeah. They never and, know. And then October, listen, if Cody Allen's on the mound in the ninth inning in game seven of the World Series, you and I and the rest of the Indians fans aren't going to be like, well, I'm shutting off. It's over. We're still going to watch. We're still going to root like hell. And if he makes that last save, the last out to win us a playoff series, then all his struggles in late July and August are going to be forgotten and thrown out the window. Breaking news. Breaking news. Corey Kluber has shaved the beard. I just saw that on my phone. He, uh, Congratulations to Corey Kluber. You might be one of the only men this year to win a debate against your wife. So my hat off to you. Congratulations. It's something us men shall cherish because it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> hey. Boy, the the things you can joke about when you're 74 and 56 and 12 games up, right? Yeah. You know, they continue to play well. Win series. That's all I ask, you know, and they've done well. I mean, the games against the Boston, the games against Boston were really Fun to they watch. Were fun baseball games. They were fun to watch, and it's a preview of what October can be like. It's yep. still August, but it, it shows you that flair of what games feel like, and that was fun. And, I, and you got to give Boston credit for the how they played well, the last two games. And hey, they there's a reason why they won as many games as they have <laughs> against Kansas City. I'm not concerned. I mean, sometimes you get outpitched. That, sometimes you just get outpitched. That's not what happens. You throw out the window. It's just you know, it's. You play a team 19 times a year, sometimes you're going to lose. Yeah, you Simple play a team also in August where you're a little bit tired, like we said. Guys are struggling right now. And your team that's lost 90 games, it's, just, it, it, it's tough to get up when you're up 12 games in the division. And Friday you had that one, and, you know, you let that slip away. So it's, you know, it's that. But they came back Sunday. They blew them out. Um, it's the first series in, what, 10 series in it win? Yeah. So Sometimes you, you know, get outpitched. The <laughs> I mean I go back to the same thing. Sometimes you yeah, just get out pitched. Well they did. On they, Friday, Saturday, and, they did. They had a know. good games. They kept the Indians off balance. They were able to challenge the bottom half of the lineup mm-hmm. to come through, and it didn't always do. And that's good pitching. Yeah. Did they have a dramatic win with the back-to-back home runs? Yes. That's baseball. Yep. And then, like we said, we already talked about Allen, and we'll see. I, I think the Indians, I think, put it this way. When I say the Indians, I think Francona still has belief in him and he's not going to stop believing in him. 
and he'll make the right move at the right time. Terry Francona yeah, is all about trying to win. Winning for no, but in the same vein, right. he knows right now the idea is to get this team healthy and mm-hmm. get it pointing in the right direction for October, and that's all that matters. I don't care if you win 100 games or you win 86 games. If you qualify for the playoffs, that's all that matters, and that's what it's all about qualifying for the playoffs get into the tournament have an opportunity to win and i honestly believe this team has that opportunity will they Eh, we'll see are there some really good teams in american league yeah i think the top four teams are just that legit or maybe in the top five four teams in baseball yeah maybe the top five teams in baseball are all in major in in the american league i I mean you look at boston new york you look at houston and and oakland and cleveland there's, there's no doubt they're the top teams. You look at the, the National League, it's going to be fun to watch because yeah, it's, it's all bunched together, and who knows what will happen. It's a big it, flavor here's, this year. Here's my hope. Here's my hope. I know how well Oakland's played this year, and, and I know how well they played against the Indians. Yep. I would love to see Oakland somehow pull off the win in that division, and the Yankees and Houston, Houston have to play the one-game playoff. That would be nice. That would be huge would for be, baseball. It would be yeah. huge for – can you imagine a defending world champion have to play a one-game playoff? Yep. In New York. Yeah, it would be in – or It could be in It could be in Houston. If but they, right now I think it's three Right now I believe it's in New York. Yeah. So we'll yeah. wait and see. I, and quite honestly, I don't want to take anything away from, from Oakland. Oakland very well can win it all. And they are playing great baseball, and no one expected it. But that pitching staff has done a great job. They've, you know, Piscotti's led the way for that team, and others. They, to me, that is it's been a, a really nice story. It's it's a great team effort, and there's a lot of a lot of players on a team that no one's paying attention to who's done a great job yep. this year, and they continue to play great baseball. So, I do not shortchange what they bring to the table. They, that's a good baseball team. That's a really good baseball team. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching them as much as job. possible in the next month just to get more of a feel for them. They're on the West Coast. I could throw them on the internet Tell you what, and, and see them. So it's going to be great. Playoff games at the whatever heck they call it, Coliseum now, yeah. would be nuts. Those fans, when they show up, and I know they don't always show up all the time, but when they show up, it's nuts out there. Oh, yeah. It is really... It's fun to watch. It's going to be Bob good. Bob Melvin has done another fantastic job with them, a team that everybody just threw away to the wayside thinking they'll lose 90 games again. Hey. And they've done an absolutely fantastic Billy Bean job. puts a team together. Anything's possible. Well, I've found that out over yep. the last 20 years, and that has not changed. Let's change the subject real quick. Yep, I know sir. you want to talk about the Gwyns. Yep. So uh, I'm going to leave the floor to you. They named a quarterback today. Yep. They, you know, they play Saturday. Yep, You'll sir. be there against yep. Butler, against mm-hmm. the Bulldogs. Take your moment. Talk about the Gwyns. Tell me all about our YSU Penguins this yeah, year. Yeah, it's uh, that time of year again, Tim. It's... Um, Anybody that knows me, it's my favorite time of year. I just, um, I love this program. I'm excited about this team. I know, we all know the injuries. And listen, every team in America is going to have to go through injuries. And I guess if there's a silver lining to it, they came early on in camp so we can get guys experienced. You know, it's not rushing guys in in game nine. You're like, hey, you got to go play safety against North Dakota State now. You know, you got time to get in a groove and find the groove. Um, the standard's a standard. And I think, you know, like you said, just get us in. I'm really excited about this football team. 
I really am. All right. I'm going to make this commitment to you if you make this to me. Yep. Here's what we're going to try to do every Saturday. Yep. And this is strictly right now. Yep. Every Saturday, either Saturday at late Mm -hmm. evening or Mm -hmm. Sunday morning. Yep. Depending on when they play. Mm -hmm. Let's you and I to get together and do about a 15, 20 minute recount. Yep. And talk about the the yep. Youngstown State football program. Just that. Yep. It'll be in and out. If you're mm-hmm. interested in YSU, it'll be marked YSU game week one, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Yep. Just like the scoreboard show. And yep. uh, we're just all about football and baseball and basketball here. So yep. why not have fun? Uh, I know you love the Gwins. I've yep. obviously always you loved love, the yep. Gwins. So let's have some fun. We'll do a Absolutely. kind of a recap each week, get emotional, get invested, yep. and talk about the, uh, the uh, Youngstown State Penguins. Don't uh, these will be short quick pods what i mean probably no more than 15 minutes to a half hour at the very most so something simple yep yeah it's, all right um, yeah that sounds great to me that's you know anytime i get to talk uh youngstown state football is a, a pleasure i'm excited about our quarterback i like the new offensive coordinator um listen culture is a big thing in college football and i think both changing it Culture is not something you change after one year, two years, three years. We got spoiled a couple years. We went on a great run, fantastic run. We know it's in there. We know it's there. I'm pleading this community to come out. Come out and give this program a shot. I know Ohio State's on at noon. YSU starts at 2. Ohio State should be up five touchdowns by the time YSU kicks off. Come on down to standby. The tickets are cheap, and you're going to see good Division One football with a team that really wants you there. And Bo challenged the fans today. I'm excited about this football program. I think we do have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. And like we know in the past, if you just get in, something special can happen. It, it when this when t- this community, and Tim, you've covered it for 20 years, when this community and this team unite, it's scary. And it's fun to watch. Come out. It's, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Saturday at 2 o'clock, let's beat Butler, and let's sing that bad boy at 5 o'clock when I call you, Tim. Let's recap a 1-0 start. Sounds great. Let's do that. We'll do the recap each Saturday mm-hmm. evening slash Sunday morning. Yep. Uh, anywhere between 15 minutes to a half hour. Just talk about the game, what happened, and get uh, just you know, basically fan response between the two of us. Yep. All right? That is going to be coming your way. I'll tell you what, let's wrap this one up, yep. Anthony. I know we there's so much we still oh, can talk about. And we'll get to it. Boy, what a week. week of sports, huh? Yeah. What I want to do is simply is this. We're going to step away, and I'm going to go get Matt Emch, my partner in high school's football, and we're going to talk to him for a little bit and uh, give you a little preview of what's coming up this season in high school football on AM 1570 WHTX in Warren, Ohio. Find us everything we do on RadioMVP.com. We're on Facebook. Give us a like there. We're on Twitter, The Real Radio MVP. I'm on Twitter at Tim Continenza, and you can find me just about anywhere on social media. I know Anthony's on Instagram mm-hmm. at ACAP17. So simply do that, and if you get this through iTunes, give us a rating and review. It'd be greatly appreciated. Last thoughts. Let this be Butler Saturday and go one and no. Go Penguins. All right, we'll be back with Matt Adams right after this.
It's now an opportunity to bring in my high school football broadcast partner. It's fun to say that again, Matt Amsch. Matt, it's been a, a whirlwind week for us. Uh, we went from thought that we probably were going to be shut out this year from high school football to broadcasting two games this past week for opening uh, for opening week of the season. So it was a, a lot of fun and a big surprise. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, you and I had just talked not too long ago saying that uh, how disappointed we were that this was going to be a, a letdown this year and we weren't going to be able to do anything but watch high school games from the stands and, you know, things happen for a reason and doors open when some close and here we are doing more games in this season coming up than we would have done last year. Yeah, and it's it's exciting. I, what a week to start, though. I mean, we could not ask for two better openers. Matter of fact, we ended up selecting uh, Middle Ridge and Pine Tuning Valley at the last moment, and that was on Friday night, and what a whale of a ball game. I don't know if we're going to see two teams play each other that competitively all season long, and I was like – you couldn't ask for anything better. Getting last play going into overtime and then uh, just the overtime itself. But the experience uh, at Mineral Ridge was phenomenal. Everyone involved was terrific to us, and we were on air. I know not many people know about it, but we're trying to tell everybody now to uh, check in uh, AM 1570 WHTX. It's going to be a lot of fun. But give me your thoughts here about the Mineral Ridge game since we didn't really have a talk since that one. We had another game right after that. Give me your your impressions of both uh, both schools and how they performed. Uh, well, you know, on paper, if you're from this area, uh, Mineral Ridge Pine and Tuning Valley definitely does not sound like one of your obviously premier games, premier teams. Uh, the programs kind of struggle on a regular basis. They're very small. They're D6, D7 size schools. Um, you know, but the last four years, as we found out from Mineral Ridge's AD, um, these teams have mirrored each other in terms of the types of players they have, the seasons they've had. Uh, we found out a neat little uh, question, uh, question kind of for a, a, a game show, so to speak, is these teams at their own place cannot beat the visitor. So apparently the last two times at Pima Tuning, Mineral Ridge has beat them and then vice versa. Um, yeah, like you had led to uh, – the, the game itself started out a little slow, but I was actually surprised the amount of flags we did not see on a, on a game one. I think there was only a one or two flags in the entire game. Um, it was also ironic, you know, you see a lot of times two-point conversions are not used often because, you know, the, the percentages are very low of, of getting a two-point conversion. Pine Tuning Valley had no choice. Obviously, they have a kicking situation that uh, puts them in that position that they just have to strap it up and go for two. Uh, good thing that they did because, you know, at the end of the game and over time, um, they went for it and got the two points. Ridge scored, looked possibly like they might be going to a double, and that they stopped them on the one before their two-point conversion. So a very, very close, equal game. I was very impressed with, especially the quarterback 
from Pima Tuning Valley. Uh, he was quite a study, reminded us of that, uh, that big uh, quarterback from Kentucky from back in the day. I forget his name. Um, Lorenzo. It, you know, it was – Lorenzo, yeah. It was quite a good game. And as you said, um, it was exciting to open up. And I'm glad also that we took that game. They, those two teams got some love on the radio, and very rarely do they ever get a radio station there. And, and it was nice to, to be there. Yeah, and I'll be honest, as you mentioned, the quarterback, uh, Dernick, um, five touchdown passes. Incredible. You don't see that in very few games nowadays. And here he is. He just had – he. He lit it up, basically. He didn't miss a receiver when they were open, and he was able to create time and, you know, and complete passes. And it was really a phenomenal game. And Dakota Edwards for Mineral Ridge, I thought, played an excellent game at quarterback, too, as he was able to really uh, use the run game and uh, the pass game real well. And that last play uh, with eight seconds left in the, in the quarter, or actually in the game, he was able to find uh, his wing back, running back, uh, Miller in the end zone all by himself for that touchdown when he was rolling out to keep your head downfield and look and never giving up on a play. That was really impressive, especially that first game of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, that might bode well for both teams. Game one, you know, like we had said, not many mistakes, not many flags, of course, that can change with one game. Um Mineral Ridge has Latonia this week. A friend of mine, Coach Bob Gessler, is their uh, offensive defensive line coach. Uh, they had a really good game last week and racked up some big points. I guess they're really fast, so they better watch out for that game. But, yeah, I, I uh, think that Mineral Ridge and uh, Pima Tuning, if they keep playing the way that they played each other um, and take each week – you know, a different team, don't look ahead, just focus on that game coming up, they very well possibly could end up in a situation where maybe they get enough points at the end of the year to get into the playoffs. Game two on Saturday was another exciting game. Right down to the last play of the game, we get to see uh, Kennedy and Champion play. And if you looked at it on paper, do you expect Kennedy to win big? Because Champions, uh, I think, was in the midst of a 13-game losing streak. They lost all 10 games last year, have a new head coach this year. And as you know, every year is a new challenge and a new team and a new opportunity. And Champion played very well and had an opportunity to win that ball game came up short in the end uh i won't call it a miracle pass i'll just call it a great play that they had for that touchdown pass i thought kennedy's quarterback just played really lights out the entire game he made some nice passes to williamson's for uh, two touchdowns both at each end of the field uh, at the end of a quarter or actually at the end of each half it was really uh, impressive to watch i thought you know, Kennedy played a, a, a really solid game. And more impressively, if you go back to that last drive, or let's put it this way, Kennedy had two drives for touchdowns. One was 20 seconds, and the other one was 35 seconds. That's impressive. It is. And they have a lot of skilled players on their team, and they scored very fast. Good night, baby. They scored very fast. I love you, too. Sorry, buddy. My daughter saying good night. Um, you know, 
they scored within a, a few seconds on that one that one play before the the halftime got there. And you know, a lot of people will say ah, it was luck at the end of the game, but you know what? A lot of times, luck is just a sign of preparation. And you know, maybe it took them a little while to get to that you know that end of the game to win it. But hey, you know what? I, if it takes all four quarters and no time left on the clock to win it. A win's a win. And, uh, man, you don't get more exciting than that. And, you know, you, as we discussed at the end of that game, it was a shame that one of those two teams had to have a loss on their record because they both just played. They were exhausted, both teams. And, you know, champion – was very hungry for a win and what kind of a win that would have been to come and start the season against JFK. But um, as you alluded to, they have a great new coach. He has a great positive outlook. You see it's already having an effect on those kids. They're going to win some games this year. Um, it, it, It stings, but you know what? There have been times that losses have had more of an effect on a team being successful than wins. So that could be, who knows, the last loss here for them. Yeah, man. That's, you know, we obviously saw really two phenomenal games. Probably the best, might be the two of the best games we'll see in our hopefully 15 weeks of coverage this year. Um, I was really impressed by Stallman. I know I told you guys coming in how I was impressed by that kid last year. And Stallman just seemed to be the unsung hero and leader of that champion team. And I think he could have them in a lot of games this year and a spot to beat some teams many people wouldn't think, wouldn't give him a chance to beat. Just comment on what you saw from the quarterback of champion, Nate Stallman. Uh, you know, as you just said, um, I'll steal what you said. He, last year, he showed that he could, he could ball. Um, he is one of those people that obviously probably from the time he was a little kid playing football in his backyard with his dad, um, it's just, you know, had that something that makes you a QB and, you know, they're a special breed and, and they are able to bring the best out of their teammates. And he is absolutely one of their top leaders and uh, I have been very, very impressed with the last two times I've seen him. Uh, he is definitely one of the bright spots, uh, you know, on which has been mostly a, a pretty bad team the last season and a half. But um, like I just said, not to be repetitive, I, I really, honest to God, believe they're going to win some games this year. And um, you may see him getting some nice awards at the end of the season, meaning maybe, you know, all, all NEO, uh, all conference, all state. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's going to play well and he's going to lead his boys to some wins. One more follow-up question. One of the things that uh, really impressed me, and I, I noticed it briefly Saturday night as we were leaving, um, but it was brought to my attention uh, again today by – a champion parent, um, just the fan support. Usually when you see a team lose like that, you don't have the whole fan base and student section cheering you on um, once you leave the field. Talk about that and what it could do for the team's psyche 
after such an excruciating loss like that, to see your whole community still standing there uh, behind you, you're 0-13, I think Tim said, the last 13 games, and you would have thought they just won the game by how proud and how voiceless your fans were. Just um, talk about if you ever had that as a player after a tough loss, if you guys had um, the whole fan base there just to keep you going, how that might help them along the way. Uh, you know, I've been obviously involved in huge games a lot of my career. Uh, not all of them were wins. Uh, one of the most difficult losses of my life, I still kind of try and pretend that it never happened, was the 92 National Championship at Marshall. Uh, that one stung, and it still stings. Um, you know, having to watch them rip down the goalpost and play We Are the Champions as we're walking to our locker room was a thing to do. Coming back to Youngstown, to our fans, uh, giving nothing but love and, and telling them they're proud of us and, you know, the following week being on campus and, and you know, the news and the papers and everybody saying they support us, it, you know, it helped it, it helped it not hurt quite as bad. Um, but yeah, people in the stands were still, you know, they were clapping for us and saying, keep your head up. We love you. And, um, it, it's, it's a really tough thing to do, you know, and when you're one of the players and you just experience the high and the low of a game like that, you know, for us, we lost with 17 seconds to go in the game. We were losing 28, nothing at halftime and we tied it up. We thought we were going to win. Same thing with champion. Champion, after the abysmal season and three games they had before this, I mean, 0-13, it's just horrible to go through that. Um, and then be on the verge of turning it around in the blink of an eye with the new season, being able to let last year's, you know, quote-unquote sins of the past be washed away. Um, you know, it would be hard for them to deal with. But as you put it, their fans were just so proud of them. We in the booth were proud of those guys. And, um, you know, I, I just think that they're going to show everybody else throughout the season that they are not that champion squad last year. They are someone to contend with. And they hit JFK in the mouth. And trust me, they're still sore from that game. There's no question. I think the leadership of champions coaching staff and players, including Stallman, will serve them good all season long. And I will, like you said, look forward to watching their development as the season progressed. Looking at Kennedy real quickly, uh, Morantis at quarterback really did a fantastic job. You know, one of the plays in the game that I thought was really impressive was not a touchdown at all, but it was really pressure packed was with 20 seconds left you know in the, in the game they're inside the what 15 yard line if i remember mm -hmm. correctly and you know jeff bayek and his coaching staff calls for a quarterback draw mm -hmm. and obviously he he made nice cuts he got down close to the five yard line at the time uh i think he got tackled at the five yeah and you know, they had to line up immediately and spike the ball, and they did with six seconds left. That's impressive. That's good coaching, A. And B, just to be a player understanding the scenario and what you had to do and willing to run the ball from a position when most 
I think I want to even say 95% of the uh, schools out there would be throwing it. Is a it's a gutsy call and and it's a uh, it's an impressive call. I thought that itself was impressive. Great composure. Um, it's a sign that he's been doing it for a long time. And I speak of both Jeff Bayek and their head coach. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, and their quarterback. Both of them know how to win. They've been together a while. They know how to how to how to get the best out of each other. And um, you know, when you're hungry for a win. And you're hungry, and you've got you've got that momentum on your back at it right there. Uh, they did not want to leave that stadium losing their first game, even though Champion was playing unlike themselves. They did not want to lose the Champion game one. That would not bode well for JFK on the first game of the year. Um, you know, they got down there; they were in kicking position. They were about to kick it. They should thank the guy for jumping off sides because they might have missed that kick. Who knows? Um, definitely was not a, a weekend for great kicking, I'll say that. Um, I'm sure we'll see some good ones as the year goes. But, man, everything, you know, we always say it happens for a reason. And, and uh, yeah, if, if uh, he didn't do that and jump off sides, champion might have game one wrapped up. But. It was exciting, and what a way to end that game. Um, you know, you said you saw I, – I didn't have as good a vision from afar as everyone else. It looked right on the line, and, and the refs were right there, and you guys got a good look. So it uh, looks like he pulled it out. And it's great to see that because I haven't heard anybody talking about uh, that was bull. He didn't catch it all week long. Anybody that's talked about it said – how exciting that kid came up big for his team. You know what, though? You weren't that far off. I uh, seen the replay that night, and I've seen it a couple times on the Internet. Uh, he did have his first foot in, and, you know, in high school, you only need the one. You don't need the two like mm -hmm. in the NFL. And it was his back foot that he, when he caught the ball was down first, and his second foot came close to the line, but it was in, uh, you know, as he was going down into a sliding position when he was making that catch. So, but it was close to the, I mean, it was closer to the, the back line than even I thought it was when I first watched it. So actually your observation was pretty good. Uh, it was better than you think. And it was, uh, it was an impressive call in my opinion. I seen that as I would, maybe it was the, the want of a great ending that I just wasn't going to give up that opportunity because uh, that was an exciting game. It was a great game to call. And it was fun. This week, we get Kennedy again, this time at LeBray. Uh, we got to see LeBray last year. And this will be a lot of fun to watch these two schools uh, battle out this Friday night. And, again, I'm going to promote ourselves. AM 1570WHTX is where you want to catch the game. And uh, we'll I'll just get your thoughts going into the game with LeBray this weekend. Well, LeBray has shown over the last – I'd say decade that, you know, they are a better program to deal with than they used to be. When I was in high school, they were one of those teams. You heard their name. You didn't quite think tough, hard-nosed kids and a good team. They have been pumping out some good players, and they have had some pretty darn good seasons on and off the last 10 years. Uh, last year, um, we got to call – the JFA uh, LeBray game, and it went into overtime. 
So, you know, I would love to see this game be a repeat of last year. And, uh, you know, the last thing we want as uh, guys doing, you know, calling games is to see a blowout. And, you know, I just want every week to be, you know, exciting and have everybody on the edge of their seat and us to go into extra time after game. You know, the, the game clock goes to zero because, you know, we love it, man. We, we, we eat it up and we don't want to leave that stadium as fast as possible. I tell you, it's it fun to do those games, and I look forward to the one on Friday in LeBray as the Vikings will take on the Eagles from uh, Kennedy, and it's going to be a great call. Again, I'm going to promote ourselves one more time. It's on WHTX AM 1570, and just uh, a little preview. Watch that space. The stuff is going to happen on that that channel in the future, and you just want to watch it. I have no idea exactly. I don't want to give it away. But uh, just watch that space. Things things are happening here in the Valley, and a lot of good things are coming uh, if you're a sports fan. Let's just put it that way. Agreed. I am excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Um, you know, one of the only, in fact, the only uh, local station in the area that a, a local owner so uh, it, it's backed up by private ownership in this area. We're not going to say exactly who yet. They, they will find upon themselves to announce that when the time comes. But I was told I could say, you know, the only sports station in the area owned locally. There you so, go. Uh, yeah, very exciting. I'm happy to be with, with Tim and Anthony again this year. And I cannot wait to see. Uh, what other doors open up and the excitement that it's building about this. It's awesome. Download all our podcasts from our website, radiomvp.com. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, just about any podcast app that you may choose to use and listen to podcasts. Matt, I will see you Friday. Talk to you sooner than that, I'm sure, as we get ready for our game with LeBray. Anthony, thank you again for all your help, and uh, we appreciate the stats you bring. We're going to miss you this Friday, but we will see you the following Friday at the next game. Yeah, it's yes. going to be unfortunate. I have to miss sure. it. Uh, I'd rather be there than, you know, but be an honor prior uh, commitments and excited that my return will be at Gerard. I'm really excited to see the Indians since you guys got them last year and I did not. Yeah, that'll be a good one, and, and as Tim just said, I will echo that. Uh, got used to having you here week one. We were there night after night, Friday and Saturday. So I will miss you as well. But uh, we have many more games we'll be doing this year. And uh, it will be good to have you back in the booth, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that, guys. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. I want to thank Matt in Niles for all his help. Anthony for coming to Borbin to work on this with me. And you most of all for listening. And we will catch you very soon for, believe it or not, episode 50 will be next of the Radio MVP podcast. So till then, have a great day, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.